I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. Welcome back to Met the Criteria. Thank you for tuning back in. Uh, it's Theo here in the hot seat, taking you through our lovely little season preview um, this week. With me, of course, you wouldn't expect anyone other than my main man, Vincent. Vinny, how's it going? Going well, brother. It's going well. We've got, we've got another exciting episode. We've got some exciting guests with us today. We, we're almost there. We're almost finished, people. We're almost getting to all the teams. Bear with us. I can't believe how well we're doing. I am ready for the season to start, let's put it that way. With us, of course, we've got Jared holding it down. Jazz, how's it going? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, looking forward to this. Can't, like, same as Vinny saying, can't believe how, how many of these pods we're actually getting through. We're, we're nearly there. Light is at the end of the tunnel. But yeah, looking forward to today. Of course. Now, we, as it is, it's our season, it's season preview season, we should say. Um, so we have got another special guest with us joining us today. We have got Joe from UK Timberwolves. Joe, how the devil are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on, lads. No, it's a pleasure. It's all ours, mate, honestly. I've said UK Timberwolves. It's actually Timberwolves UK. I apologise. I'm yeah. sure I get it, get it the right way around. <laughs> no, I'm not pressed. Don't worry. <laughs> good man. Good man. Um, before we get into to all things Timberwolves, Tell us a little bit about you, Joe. How did you get into into basketball, into the NBA, and why, of all teams, Minnesota? Uh, yeah, it's a very good question about Minnesota. I think I probably got into into the NBA. Um, I would say around the time where KG was kind of coming through, really. So, you know, when he was the force that he was, um, and you know, obviously Kobe, Shaq, and you know, and Iverson, and all those, you know. Uh, amazing players at that time um, that you know everyone was glued to um, and that's that's kind of what got me generally into it and a, cu- a couple of mates were were big NBA fans um, I'd always played football since I was a, since I was a lad but um, I'd always kept an eye on the Timbers. I think it must have been you know as I'm sure like a lot of people do they see the logo and they fall in love with it you know especially UK fans um, and you know we played 2K and uh, and yeah that's that's how my love of, of Timberwolves was born all those years ago. But um, yeah, it's a it's you know as I said to you before, it's a, a very very niche group of, of UK Timberwolves fans, definitely. Yeah, there's not much appeal in Minnesota itself, I suppose, because it's not a very cool place. Can't imagine many people go on holiday there. So it was really Kevin Garnett. Combined with the, it's quite a cool logo though. You are right, KG and the logo combined to to draw you into the to the T Wolves. Then, yeah, yeah. I just, you know, I think really over the last sort of, you know, six to seven years, I've I've really uh, followed it more than I, I did, you know, back in the KG days. But yeah, he was he was a big part of it, and then him coming back, I think, kind of reignited. Um, you know my, my love for my love for symbols and and then the exciting time with Cat and Wiggins and Levine and you know and everyone coming through off the back of of love and, and Rubio still being there at the time so yeah yeah that's um, that that's my sort of story my background with with Mini 
what made me laugh a little bit then i think we all smiled as well you mentioned 2k <laughs> do you have any idea how many people have said to us that they got into their team through 2k you didn't touch you weren't saying fully on 2k but i'm guessing 2k kind of helped solidify your support for the timberwolves but it's hilarious when we find that from the amount of uk-based fan pages and fans who got into their team because of 2k so it's just brilliant to hear it again <laughs> absolutely yeah it's the uh it's the method for a lot of us, isn't it, I think, to, <laughs> to get into it. So I'm going to ask this question just because I watched the documentary the other day. Have you seen The Kid from Coney Island on Netflix yeah. by Stefan Marbury? Hey, yeah. How Do you think Stefan Marbury would have been a Hall of Famer had he not left Minnesota? Uh, I think we had a very good shot at winning the championship. Um, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure where he would have been. I guess he would have been, you know, if he was the second, you know, if he was a second best player on a championship winning team from a, you know, a small market team. And I guess he, yeah, I guess he would have been. He, he was an unbelievable talent. And I think, you know, if he didn't, you know, if he just stuck to his guns. And I can understand why, you know, why he didn't with everything that was going on with contract with KG and, you know the the different pulls that he had from you know from uh, from other areas, but yeah, it, he he could have been an absolute legend. He he still is probably I would say, you know top you know top ten certainly uh, Timberwolves ever. But uh, yeah, he, he could have been huge for us. Yeah, getting in, getting into the league quite late, I um, didn't really have much of a clue about Stephen Marbury, to be honest. It's only by watching that documentary, sort of a real eye-opener to see what a phenomenal player he was, what a real talent it was. And you can't say wasted, because as I'm sure if you ask him, you think he's probably had a, a really successful career, and mm-hmm. he's well-decorated over in, in China and stuff, but he could have been a, a, a big in the league, I guess, if but he wanted his KG money. Can't say any fairer than that. He did, he did. That's the, that's the next on my list of Netflix things to watch then. I've not even heard about that come out. What's it called again? The Kid from Coney Island. I recommend check everyone go and check it out. Uh, not sponsored by Netflix, but yeah, definitely give it a listen. <laughs> sponsored so, by 2K though. Definitely sponsored by 2K. Yeah, we're working on it. Mike Wang, hit us up. <laughs> uh, so, Joe, tell us about the season just gone. What 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 are your thoughts on, on the 2019-2020 Timberwolves? Trying to forget it. Uh, not as bad as the season before, um, but yeah, but we're, we're trying to trying to move on from it quite swiftly. I think we um, it was so clear that our uh, president of basketball operations, Gerson Rosas, when he came in, he wanted to implement the same type of sort of tactics that Houston been using with uh, you know with a small ball, and um, we just didn't have the personnel to be able to do that last year uh, in any way. So you had, you know, we started the season with Travion Graham uh, playing at the playing at the four, and uh, he's, you know, we were we were putting up some ridiculous numbers in terms of three points attempts per game, but we we just didn't have anyone apart from Cat really. We didn't have anyone that could shoot, um, and and that was we are now starting to piece that together. Um, and we've we've made some some pretty good moves uh, over the off season, but yeah, last season was was difficult. It got to a point where, you know, it was quite clearly you know uh, more beneficial for us to to start losing games and winning games. Um, and you know, with Cat's injury, uh, he was out for the majority of the season, really. Um, you know, and 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 different things that happened. 
um yeah it was it was it was all about sort of you know giving us the best chance really of getting a a, a good a good draft bit which obviously we did yeah worked out well obviously you've had quite a few number one picks over the last sort of uh, seven years or something like that what were your feelings on seeing Andrew Wiggins traded away um was that sort of a tough one to take or were you happy to see the back of him I think it's it's a real you know this comes it's so contentious within the Timberwolves community. Um, there's a lot of people which are still stuck on Wiggins Island and, and won't be off anytime soon. Um, but there's the majority of us, I would say now, we're just relieved that, that he, you know, that he'd moved on. Um, you know, we all had an affinity to Wiggins. He was part of the reason why, you know, I got back into it and, um, you know, and, and, a lot of people wanted him to do very well for very long, but uh, he didn't. And, you know, and we gave him every opportunity to do that. Um, and he's one of those guys, again, we talked about Stephen Marbury before, you know, he has huge, huge potential Wiggins. I mean, to be honest, he still does, you know, athleticism wise, he's, he's an absolute freak, um, you know, and, and he is, um, he's got all of the tools, but, he just doesn't have that desire. And, you know, when you are a small market team, you need a bit of grit. And, you know, he just didn't stand up on, uh, you know, on, on several occasions when we needed him to. And and that that was it, really. So, yeah, we, I was glad. I was glad uh, we, we ended up moving on from him, yeah. But also probably with, with some regrets, really, because there was there was so much potential, like you say, when he first came in. So, um, sad, really. Sad, really, to see that he didn't quite fulfil it. Yeah, yeah, there were there were regrets, but um, but yeah, we came to the end of the road definitely with uh, with with Wiggs. We love him, but <laughs> well, <laughs> move on. Yeah, Wiggins out, Edwards in, isn't it? You say you've got mm-hmm. question marks over over uh, Andrew Wiggins, maybe commitment, maybe. I suppose mm-hmm. you're only going to have those questions again. I mean, quite a lot's been made over Anthony Edwards' sort of lack of commitment. You could say to basketball, he's been mm-hmm. well reported on that if he got an off an NFL contract tomorrow, he'd be gone. Um, so there's, there's those, those question marks there, but it's certainly an exciting, exciting player. Um, what, are you, what are your thoughts on, on Anthony Edwards? Yeah, I mean, I think when it came down to it, it made the most sense. Um, we wouldn't want to admit it, but positionally he was the best fit for us. Um, we, you know, obviously, you get number one pick. You don't want to be picking based on need at that particular time. We've got need all over the all over the court, apart from, you know, Kat and, and D'Angelo, I would say. Um, but... Yeah, he did make sense. Um, I think the commitment issues are probably uh, have been a little bit uh, blown out of, of proportion. I think he, he works very hard. He's, uh, you know, he's he's you've seen that he's always in the gym the first. Um, and yeah, I think he has the yeah he has that raw potential uh, to be a to be a superstar, but. He's he's got to hone his skills and he's got to learn from from veterans. He's got to learn from you know the people that are in uh, the setup at, at Minnesota. He's got to, you know listen to coaches. He's got a fantastic coaching staff there um, with with Vanterpool and uh, and Prigioni, the the offensive and defensive coordinators. And um, they've been brilliant for you know for Damian Lillard, uh, Lillard and you know and, and CJ and. You know all those guys. So if he just learns from you know the senior people around you know Minnesota at the minute, I think you know I think he'll have a really good career with us. 
yeah, I think you're probably right. Probably ha- quite a lot has been made of it. Um, maybe more so than, than necessary, really. Probably an offhanded comment they didn't really give too much thought to. I'm sure he'd probably take it back if he could. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, you said yourself, he obviously works hard. You don't make it to the league if you're not committed to working hard and playing basketball. So, yeah, definitely an exciting one to, to look forward to. So, given that you have got um, such an exciting prospect there, you mentioned a couple of big names already. You've got um, Kat and, and D'Lo through the door. Uh, for those at home, I am wearing my D'Angelo Russell Minnesota jersey. Um, I am a big D'Lo fan. You've got a couple of couple of former Nets through the door there. I think Minnesota are actually becoming a little bit of my second team. Vinny's just reacted as though. Me, 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 me. Ladies go. and gentlemen, the here we go. Twelve and a half minutes. And we've exactly. got the we wanted to know. How, just to let you know, Joe. Theo all the time has to mention the Nets every single episode. He has to mention the Nets somehow. And here we go. How long was it, Jared? How long was it? Sorry, 12 minutes. About 12 and a half minutes. 12 and a half minutes. And he mentions it. I was waiting for this moment. (laughs) I do think, though, in fairness, I'm I'm actually going to give Theo a little bit of a pass on this one because D'Angelo Russell is his favourite player in the league. Um, uh, Over Jared Dudley. Yeah, I think so. Only just, so. Only just, only just but but I, I think to be honest, the problem with having D'Lo as your favourite player, I mean, it's going to cost you a lot of money in jerseys, Steve, because he's already on his fourth team. I mean, he's, he's trying to get through them all before he retires. I think it's very true. It's very. He's true. found a, He's found a home in the symbols. So. There we go. <laughs> Honestly, so what what are your thoughts? What are your expectations going into this this upcoming season? Um, with with such a quite an exciting roster, I think. Yeah, it's, it's definitely exciting. As I say, it's, it's much more shaped to what we want to do, um, which is which is really important. I think the the good thing about this year is, you know, we we are set up to be competitive. Uh, I think if absolutely everything goes right, then we could have a run at the playoffs. But um, I think more than likely we'll be in that kind of 11, 12, you know, maybe a bit higher Um area and you know we've we've yeah we've got enough talent um and you know it's not like the you know the number one overall pick would usually go to a team which are you know absolutely horrendous we do have uh we do have cat which is obviously you know probably top top 15 player in the nba um and and russell probably top 30 so we if we can get that kind of winning mentality or just a you know a, a stronger mentality really um then i can see us yeah i can see us pushing for you know for for an eight seed maybe um so yeah lots to lots to look forward to a lot more than last year definitely nice what do you think um carl anthony's town's ceiling is because He's been in the league for about five years now, if I'm correct, five years. And we've always seen, we've all, all said he's a very, very good player, but it just seems like he's never been able to take the Timberwolves to the next level. Do you think this is his cap, this is how far he can go? Or do you think he's got potential to be an all-star again and being great and just continuing and getting better? Because as a viewer, when I look at him, I just feel like he's reached his point and he can't get any better than this. This is what he's capable of. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's a fa- it's a fair comment. Um, he, I think he's got loads of potential, mm. absolutely loads of potential. Um, the conversation up until really last season, start of last season, was you know who's better, you know, in in terms of the three of him, Jokic, and uh, 
and Embiid. And, you know, Embiid's kind of ticked along nicely, but uh, but Jokic is, is absolutely miles ahead of him uh, based on last season's performance. And obviously that comes with injuries. You know, he's, you know, he's out for the majority of last season. The big thing with Kat is, is the defence, really. Mm. You know, and, and if... If he sorts that out, I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen any of the graphs that show like his offensive, you know, just like I said, freakishness. He is, he's unbelievable. You know, like he's one of the best three point shooters in the league, you know, at seven foot, uh, seven foot one or whatever he is. Um, You know, he can, he's just, he's got, he's got everything that you could possibly want in a modern big. Um, his passing's great as well. He's got great vision. He's matured a lot uh, in terms of you know understanding when he's being double teamed and how to get out of that. And um, but I think defensively, he's he's still he's still a liability. I wouldn't say he's awful anymore, but he's he's definitely a liability. I think that's um, a good way to put it. Word put it liability. It's not like he's a bad defender. It's just no. that you don't know what he's going to do that game. Mm. Yeah. And and if he was even average defensively, he would he would be, you know, he'd be in that conversation as the best, three, you know, top three centers in the league. I think Cat has the potential, in honesty, to to be the best. Um, I really, really do. But it all rests on 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 this defensive, um, you know, yeah, this defensive ups, you know, uptick in his uh, in his performance really. Yeah, I agree with you there. And I think like some people listening to this might think, oh, he's, he's a Timberwolves fan, he's biased. But I'm pretty sure we've had conversations on the pod in the past about Carl Anthony Towns being like one one of the at the very least top five in the league. I'm with you. I think he's 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 top three and he's got he has got the potential to be number one. Um I mean, Jokic isn't exactly a fantastic defender, and he's he's been, he's the best center in the league. So there are elements to his game that he needs to work on, but he's he's a phenomenal player to have on your roster. A couple of things: Denver um, lost to us in the final game of the, the season that Jimmy Butler was with us. Some losing track now, I think it's seventeen eighteen when we went to the playoffs. We finished in that eighth seed, played against Houston. Now. That was a massive turning point for them as a team. You know, they finished ninth. Um, you know, Jokic committed that off season and for for you know until now to to defense and to being part of a team defense. And that's all Cat needs to do. He needs to commit to being part of a team defense. He doesn't need to be Rudy Gobert. No, um, you know, we're not asking him because sometimes he can go. You know, he can he can you know, run into trouble because he's trying to block every shot. Um, he's trying to guard, you know, um, he's trying to guard point guards and whatever on the on the perimeter. He just needs to be a helpful defender or a useful defender and just do just do what he does on the offensive side. And he, you know, I, I do, you know, if we talk about potential, I really do think he could be, you know, uh, top top one or two, yeah. I'm just remembering that game against him and Joel Embiid. Yeah. Uh, that, 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 that animal in him, I remember that. That is when I, I think to myself, you know what, that's what we want sometimes. If you're, if you're a Timberwolves fan, I would think that you must have loved seeing that, that animal in the court because he was willing to fight Joel Embiid, like ready to go to war to the guy. And I, and I absolutely thought that was brilliant. Yeah, it was great. It was really good. It shows, yeah, it showed that, that fire in him, like you said. Um, 
the other point I was going to mention, by the way, was at the start of last season. I don't know if you guys remember. I think he won the player of the week, you know, within the first couple of games. We had a really hot start to the season. I think yeah. we were five and one. Um, but even at that point, people were talking about him as being a potential MVP if he carries these performances on. And because it was an overall package, he was brilliant on defence at the time. Um, he was unbelievable on offence. Um, and yeah, if he can put, a, you know, even if he can, instead of that six-game run, if he can turn that into a, you know, 35-game run, um, then yeah, he's right up there, definitely. I think an underrated addition that will help Cat a lot in the off-season would got to be Ed Davis. I mean, D'Angelo Russell himself has said, had a lot of of kind words to say about um, Ed Davis with regard to helping his development while they were at the Nets. I'm sorry, Vinny. Um, Had a lot of of praise there and obviously being a a similar position, a bit of a different player, but obviously both centres. And Ed Davis is a fantastic, fantastic rebounder, certainly serviceable defender. So I think there's a lot that, that... Anthony Towns. Why am I calling him Anthony Towns? Like <laughs> of all the of all the ways I could have called him. What's his middle name? Is it a double barrel surname? Anthony Towns. Anthony's middle name. It's Anthony. No, it's no, his I think it's double, name, it's a double, double barrel surname. Isn't it? Double yeah. barrel surname. Okay. So I was right in saying Anthony Towns, but it just does not fall off the tongue, does it? Um, <laughs> just cat. call him Cat. Just Cat. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a lot that Cat can 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 stand to gain from that relationship there. Um, yeah. Definitely, and and you know, I think probably we'll be picking up uh, another one of your boys, um, Rondy Ellis Jefferson, as well. So, you know, I think that'll help defensively as well. And we just basically we need to put pieces around him. If he's not going to make a big step up defensively, then we just need to put pieces around him that that can help him. And and certainly at the four, um, you know, I think Davis will play more backup five to be honest. But, um, but, but yeah, he will just help as a presence being around him. You know, the likes of Covington before, and uh, that was a that was a big help again at the start of last season. That was that was a factor there. So yeah, if you can surround him with good defenders and you know and and say make him a neutral defender, then yeah, definitely he'll be able to make a big step. Hundred percent. Well, shout out Rondé Hollis Jefferson as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's makes three three former Nets in total on the Timberwolves, <laughs> and that's why they've got a special place in my heart. And that's why I have had to put my, my hoodie on now because it's quite cold in in my kitchen where I'm recording. But that's why I'll forever cherish this this Minnesota jersey that I've got on now. So Absolutely. You've mentioned obviously there's maybe still one or two moves to make. Are you expecting much more movement out of the Timberwolves this off season? No, we we've got a roster spot available, but I think that will go to. Um, you know, I think I'll go to Ronnie Hollis Jefferson. I think that there's another two-way position as well, which which they can uh, which they can offer. They they want to bring back um, one of our sort of backup point guards from last year, um, who did you know really well. He's still on a free market, but I don't think there's going to be much changes really to what we see now. Um, there was talk of potentially packaging Jarrett Culver for you know for for you know another. Uh, you know, another person somewhere down the line, but I think that will be, you know, that that will be something that we'll look at, you know, in the you know in the coming months at trade deadline or whatever. So, uh, yeah, no, I think this this will be this will be how we'll line up, really, roughly. That's fair. That's fair. Just good and to have Ricky back. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was a good pickup. Exactly. Um, we said it a couple of times. I, I, I do rate it as quite an exciting roster at the moment. You've got a lot of interesting pieces there. Um, D'Angelo Russell for me is is it's such a it's just a coolness. That, I mean, the ice in his veins is 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 mm-hmm. is, is, is Nick is that his motto, I suppose, isn't it? And mm-hmm. 
for me, that just embodies the way that he plays. That cool nonchalance he's got with the ball in his hands. That that I just I love that. I'm a big big fan of that. Um, combine that with 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 Towns and, and and Rubio involved as well. I think it's just going to be dead dead good to watch. What are your overall expectations for the upcoming season? I know you mentioned it could go either way. You could maybe should be chasing that ninth play-in spot if it's if, if there is a play-in or mm-hmm. the West is so tight. What are you what are your expectations for the for the West as a whole? Do you reckon? Uh, yeah, it's tight. I don't think it's quite at the level that people are making it out to be. You know, it's kind of you know, I think there's, there's one team which are you know way beyond anyone else at the minute uh, in the Lakers, and I think Houston Rockets. Oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, I thought I thought you talked about the Houston Rockets. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, we are laughing. So, so, no, I don't know. I thought you, I thought you, I thought you was leading to the Houston Rockets. My bad. Sorry. No, we're not. No, no. I don't. I don't think so. Not this year. But um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of teams which are out and out playoff teams and good teams. Um, but it'll be it, yeah. I mean, it'll be so competitive. From I think they're kind of in tears, aren't they? And you know, once you get to, yeah, I think the top six are kind of defined. But you know, from seven down to you know eleven is a little tear in itself. Um, and then you've got a couple like us and Spurs trying to get into that. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a really good season. Really looking forward to it. Um, yeah, it's, it's gonna be interesting. Definitely, it's good, it's good to be a Wolves fan right now. <laughs> Definitely a good time to be on board, and I'm, if if you do do well, um, I'm not a bandwagoner. I've been here, been here for a, for a long time. <laughs> um, just finally, then, what? Um, give give us a, a player to watch out for. Maybe a player who you're expecting to make a make a leap, maybe into into maybe always oh, being like a household name, or maybe not a household name, but just somebody who is absolutely blown up within the organisation, taking that real step forward. Who should we be keeping an eye on in the Timberwolves? Oh, good question. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, I guess honestly the obvious one would, would be Cat. I mean, that's obviously very high profile, but um, there's, yeah, I mean... I think it says a lot about Cat that he could still take a step. Yeah. There's that step, we've, we've just spoken about it, there is that step there to be made. He could become a real force and solidify himself in that top 15. He's just think- one step away. And I think also playing with D'Angelo is going to make a massive difference because we didn't get to see that much. But these guys have known each other since they were like kids. Mm-hmm. They've known each other since I think like since like 15 years old, and they're actually good mates. So that might even step up his game even more. Playing with his friend who knows how he plays. Yeah, one game. That's all they played with each other. So yeah, so yeah, it is. It's, it's really going to help. Um, yeah, so I think Cat really top end. Um, and then, yeah, so you know, some of like the fringe players. I mean, Akogi's getting better every, you know, was, every that was year. Our, I was just going to ask you about him. Glad you brought him up, Josh Akogi. Go for it. Yeah, he's great. He's, just, you know, he's all defense. He, yeah. he doesn't bring anything offensively. Mm. Uh, yeah, he's he's a he's a yeah a headless chicken when he goes. <laughs> but um, he is so so talented one on one um and you know he's he's just an unreal defender he's making big steps you know he's one of those guys that's just surprises you every time you know he mm. could be in the starting lineup um yeah. you know it, it would not surprise me at all if we play him you know at three or at times even four um and i think he may start you know with quite a, a number of these games he's a he's a cracking player and he's he's you know he really gets the he gets what the fans want, uh, and and that is just hustle and hard work. Yeah, uh, yeah he's he could be your man, really. 
he's got that grit that you were talking about before that you want to see out of yeah. like Anthony Edwards. He's he's got that grit and um, reminds me a bit of Lou Dort. I mean, not at the same level, but just defensively, that kind of like sort of stocky player that that can really shut people down. So yeah, I'm a bigger Kogi fan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's a good guy. Could could be a race then, maybe between Carl Anthony Towns and Josh Kogi. Maybe most. <laughs> I think Cat would win it. Timberwolves. Yeah, 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 fair shout. Well, Joe, it's been great having you on, mate. It's been lovely to talk to another Timberwolves fan. Uh, I know we are few and far between over on these shows, aren't we, mate? So it's been a pleasure, as always. Before you go, tell our listeners where they can find you. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter. Um, I guess I set up the Twitter account to, you know, to try and get a little bit of the community going in the UK because we are so niche. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, Timberwolves, Timberwolves UK. Um, you can you can look me up on Twitter and that is it I'm nowhere else so just give us a shout on there and, and let us know that there's more of us out there and uh, yeah we could hear from you smashing well Joe it's been belting having you on mate thank you for taking the time to join us yeah thanks gents oh, thank you very nice much one, for mate. joining us Joe you know what I love then Joe did you hear what Theo said in the slide he talked about how we he was going like we're, we're, we're a little niche market we're this we're that you're not you're not a Tim Bulls fan Vinny, again. you've got every other team in the league is your second team no I think, I think no, Theo's allowed no, one second team no Joe. no shut up Jared but yeah we'll, we'll take what we can get exactly no I appreciate yeah, you coming on, on Joe yeah, top man. Right. Thanks for look, coming. Look after yourself, mate. Take care. Yeah. Thanks, fan Joe. Cheers, guys. Joining us now, boys and girls, we have Graham, all the way from rainy slash sunny Ireland. How are you, Graham? You all right, mate? Mostly rainy, but doing good. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on, guys. Oh, we appreciate you making the time. And, and and we know exactly what it's like being from in and around Manchester and Briarfield and places that no one's ever heard of. We know what rain's like, so we sympathise with you there. So, Graham, uh, we've been reliably informed, isn't a Hawks fan, but works to cover the Hawks uh, for the media. So we want to hear about that. Um, how, did you, how did you get into covering uh, the Atlanta Hawks for, for that team? Uh, well, it started, I've got into the NBA itself about the, during the back end of the 2012-13 season was mm. where kind of my NBA, just as a fan, just journey began. The 2012-13 playoffs, uh, enjoyable, seven game series, Heat, Spurs, we all know it. Um, kind of got more into the NBA after that, kind of really deep, so deep involved in the podcast and just getting really plugged in. And then I just kind of started writing, just I just started writing just my thoughts on a Tumblr account. Okay. Um and just posted to Twitter to uh, Twitter. Uh, it got noticed by various other sites. I joined one or two. I then joined a team kind of a site that covered uh teams rather than NBA as a general. Uh that site was called Hoops Hoops Trends, Hoop Trends. And I started covering the Hawks after that. That was, I started covering the Hawks for them. That was after their 60 win season. So that would have been the start of the fifth, that would have been the start of the 15, 16 seasons when I started covering the Atlanta Hawks. And then uh, that got, uh, that got shut, it got taken over. <laughs> I then started writing for uh, ESPN's affiliate uh, for part of the True Hoop Network, Hawks Hoop. And then, 
for the start of the 17-18 season, I joined Peachtree Hoops. And this is starting season number four, I think, with them, which is wild. But that's how it started, bit by bit, a bit of progression. And, uh, well, here we are, four, four, uh, four seasons later. Well, it's been good. Well, I, I, I feel unworthy almost. I feel like I should hand the reins <laughs> over to you on the podcast with all these years of, of, of media work and writing and stuff like that. What's it, what's it been like covering covering that Hawks through that time? Obviously, you've had some incredible seasons. You mentioned the 61-60 win season there and then maybe some lows. How's it, how's it been doing that? Yeah, a bit of a roller coaster. Obviously, <laughs> when I first started join, uh, covering the team, you know, very much a playoff fixture, you know, behind those Budenholzer led teams, Paul Millsap, Al Horford, just so much fun to watch uh, that those teams play. Even look, much is said of the sixty win season, but even honestly, I enjoyed the fifteen sixteen season a lot. I really believed in that Hawks team that if they faced anyone but the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, you know, they could perhaps make another conference finals appearance. It didn't happen for for various reasons. Uh, shout out to the uh, the fun loss on the the Wizards B team on the final night of the regular season. Mm-hmm. And just a wild Southeast. That was a 48 win season between the, the Hornets, the Heesh, the Celtics are in the mix as well. So just a mad season for that. As then then the Dwight Howard stuff came and that was whew, that was a that was that was fun. But just he crops watch. up a lot with Dwight Howard, doesn't he, on these pods, <laughs> people saying about time experiences they've had with him. <laughs> oh, stop. It was uh it was it was something else. Thankfully only last of the season, but just look, even just to watch Paul Mills have to do work that 16, 17 season, that that in itself helped an awful lot. <laughs> and then uh then you know the the shift between you know moving towards the rebuilding phase, Travis Schlenk coming in from the Warriors, uh, different focus. He had that last Budenholzer season. Uh, before he joined the books and then yeah it's been it's an asset gathering development kind of orientated kind of seasons different uh, different uh difficult at times given you know used to that was a hawks made the playoffs 10 seasons in a row i believe before they missed out for the first time in 10 seasons it was a uh, would have been uh 17 18 mm. uh but yeah this last season it's been kind of as you've as kind of more franchise kind of players have kind of come well more Trey Young really uh and solid pieces coming in around that it's been fun to watch some of that come together and now this season should be uh well it's the uh culmination of some of that work now finally coming coming to the fore there's yeah. real expectations this year absolutely and obviously one thing to look forward to we, we know Dwight Howard's been trying to do a little bit of a redemption tour so who knows? He, he could be coming back to Atlanta pretty soon to try and right the wrongs that he had in his tenure at Atlanta. Who knows? Oh, don't do it to me, man. <laughs> Sorry, bro. No. So we'll, we'll get to obviously the the expectations and the, for this season. And obviously you've mentioned there about Trey Young. There's going to be a lot of talk about him and some of the moves the Hawks have made. But let's just think back now. A long time, really, since the Hawks played a regular season NBA game. Nine months or so. Um, what were your, were your thoughts, obviously, covering the team for the 19-20 the season? Um, did it go as you expected or a little bit of a disappointment? What did you think? Uh, there was some strong, there were some expectations, I think, from the fans heading into the season because they finished the 18-19 the season on a very nice buzz. There was very entertaining games. They were playing very well. I think there was some sort of expectation heading into this season that perhaps they could make a run out of the eight seed. Their schedule kind of didn't allow it to happen because the best part of their schedule was mostly coming in March and April, which they ultimately didn't really get to play. Now, look, they were a far shout from the playoffs anyway, but they could have been at least a little closer to the picture uh, before the season was suspended. So, um, but yeah, roster 
creation kind of roster assembly wasn't great. You know, we had Evan Turner playing, you know, coming into the season as, you know, they, as they, they explicitly said, you know, they set out that, you know, he was going to be their backup point guard. Uh, he is now not playing in the NBA. So just took on the assistant gig, I believe, at, uh, at Boston. So that didn't work out. Point guard is such an important position. They didn't really put a premium on that. Uh, rolling out Evan Turner as your backup uh, point guard, you know, that, you know, didn't really work out. And various other depths, depth issues at uh, at the forward and center. Not helped by John Collins uh, doing what he did, earning himself a solid 25-game ban uh, suspension, I believe. Um, yeah, plenty of people were not happy about that. And he had himself a stellar season after that. And I think there's, a, you know, some people asking questions of what if, you know, he hadn't got suspended. Uh, could the Hawks have been in with a shout of a playoff spot or at least get themselves in contention where, you know, they're a team that is invited to the bubble. Uh, ultimately, they were not. And uh, people were upset about that at the time, the Hawks fans, but there was no reason to be upset. There was, there was, they were not worth inviting in the slightest. Uh, so, and that's just, you know, that's just, the tr- that's just the truth of it, you know? So, ultimately disappointment because I think people expected more and those expectations were, I think, a little misplaced. Yeah, it's it's got shades for me of um, DeAndre Ayton's suspension for the Phoenix Suns. I think he he got a suspension for something similar to to John Collins, not exactly the same. Some kind of performance enhancing thing, wasn't it? Um, I think he got twenty five games as well, if, if I'm right, Ayton. And it was almost like if you would have had you kind of star big man for that spell, maybe you had six or seven more wins um, in six or seven more games in the win column, and that could boost you up towards the playoffs. So. I mean, you can't legislate for things like that. You just don't be stupid this season, John Collins, hopefully. So <laughs> it always helps. Be smart. Good yeah. advice. Yeah, good advice from Graham there. Brooklyn thanks. Nets, Brooklyn Nets big man Wilson Chandler also faced a twenty five game suspension for performance enhancing drugs and we still made the playoff, so that's all I'm saying. There you go. This time we are about seven minutes into this segment. We always have me and Vinny are just keeping track of how quick Theo can get the nets in. Yo, can you actually do can you actually restrain yourself for one episode? For one episode just restrain yourself. I don't feel I should, Vincent. I don't feel necessary. One episode. Most, I I challenge you, buddy. Most relevant team in the league. Sorry, Graham. We just have this running joke that Theo always has to mention the Nets in every single episode he does. Every single one. He literally just did it about five, 15 minutes ago and he's doing it again. So maybe Shoot a shot, man. His addiction, Theo's addiction, clearly is talking about the Brooklyn Nets. So there you go. Oh, maybe we should ban him for 25 podcasts, Vinny. What do you reckon? Honestly. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take the holiday, to be honest. <laughs> unpaid. It's unpaid. Um, so. Obviously, there's been a, a lot going on in Atlanta this season. It's great to have somebody who covers the team in such detail because they have had one heck of an off-season. Um, talk us through your favourite move. Um, just talk us through it all. There's been so much. T- take the reins. It's been wild because arguably it began when they acquired Clint Capella uh, mid-season. True. Yeah. Um, never. They were hopeful perhaps he would get to play towards the end of the season. Of course, never materialized in the end. So he's had a long time to kind of recuperate. So, you know, we've the Hawks haven't even seen him out on the court yet with, with you know alongside John Collins and Trey Young. And then, yeah, throw in Danilo Gallinari, who uh, apparently is going to come off the bench. Mm. Uh, I was, I and a few others at Petrie Hoops were very skeptical of how that might work. Uh, and almost assumed on the night where it happened, on the night the news broke, that perhaps it might mean possibly a trade for John Collins. Nothing's materialized so far, so I'm guessing they're going to try and roll the dice with that heading into the season. So 
a big splash there. Again, they had plenty of like the most cap space in the NBA heading into the offseason. So Travis Schenk decided to just spend it all. Uh, <laughs> Spends all this summer, which I guess well, look is perfectly reasonable, right? Because they're not going to be players for players like Giannis next next summer. So, you know, uh, there are some solid free agents to be had. So they went out and had them. Uh, they went and won Bogdan Bogdanovich, uh, the Kings choosing not to uh, match that offer sheet, which I think, I think, I think most, I think Kings fans were uh, Kings fans were, I think, reasonably upset of. Uh, them because it wasn't a gross overpay at the same time enough to make the what's his contract again remind me i know Gal- i know gallinari i think gallinari is three years 60 million isn't he but a 472 for bogdanovich okay so that's what uh, eight, so eight, 18, about 18 odd yeah about 18 odd uh the breakdown for that so not unreasonable enough to enough of a you know enough of a uh enough of a contract to make the kings uncomfortable and obviously they didn't obviously choose to uh to match it so that was seen for many as the big win for the Hawks in the summer to get someone with size shooting, excuse me, some uh, some ball handling ability to take the pressure off of Trey Young, which I think was a you know very intentional effort to do that this off season. They also went and got Chris Dunn, who I obviously look Bogdan's obviously the big one, but I loved the Chris Dunn signing value defense, which is something they really need because when you sign Gallinari. And uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, they're solid offensive players, good offensive players, but they're not helping the Hawks' defense, which is something they really need to. Uh, it's going to be a big concern heading into the season. And obviously, they signed Rajan Rondo to a, a not great contract, but yeah. there's other values that they're hoping he'll have other than uh, some game time on the court. So they went all out for the uh, for the offense. They went all out for some some playmaking so very clear what they're trying to do and look they need Trey Young needed the help offensively and in terms of playmaking because when he went off the floor last season um, it just wasn't a pretty reading if you know if the Hawks could somehow hold station even if they lost about five points net once uh, once Young was off the court you know if dare, <laughs> dare you say they actually extended their lead when he was off the bench that was considered a huge success and there was a huge area of concern for the Hawks last season so that's that's obviously what they're hoping for is that you know when he goes off the court they still have they can still create offense they can even hold station or even you know gains and gain an advantage when he's off try and extend the lead or make a run so yeah and you can obviously you can see what they were trying to do in the offseason i just feel like i don't know i don't know i think rondo is a very very good signing for you guys personally because he offers creativity because he proved is shown that when he was at the Lakers how incredible he was for that team like people kind of sometimes sleep on him and don't actually realize how great of um a creative of players because offensively yes he's not the best offensively but like you just touched on then with Trey Young going on bench he could come on and still offer that creativity with with your likes of your Capellas your Ganelari am I saying that right? Danilo I can't even say it I can't even say it English isn't his first language listen yeah shut up Jared but yeah it's basically he can offer that creativity and I feel like that is a signing that that's kind of I don't know offered you more of a chance to get into the playoffs me personally I think Rondo is the most important player that you've got that can offer you getting into the playoffs he's got a wealth of experience of course two-time champion countless playoff appearances and look yeah offensively yeah he will he can help serve that role obviously he can facilitate you look there's he's not going to meet someone who's going to say Rondo is a bad passer or can't you know he he'll run the t- he can help run the team when Trey Young's off the court 
of that, there's no doubt. I think, again, there's a, just the concern is defensively. Uh, I think Rondo can be this player who is a little, in the year 2020, uh, can be a little overrated on his, on his defense. Um, again, offense isn't going to be the problem here. It's going to be defense. It's going to be the problem. Rondo doesn't, doesn't help as much as, say, a Chris Dunn, but obviously uh, Chris Dunn isn't uh, you know obviously isn't the high end passer that Rajon Rondo is so a bit of a a bit of a trade off there you'd have to say but I think a lot of people were excited for the Rondo signing um, which yeah look I understand Rondo is amongst players is a very popular player yeah. um, a veteran you know the Hawks obviously buying into that and paying a decent premium for that too mm. uh, I'm sure Rondo could have had a pick of choices to, uh, pick of places to go in free agency, chose to sign that two-year, fifteen million deal with the Hawks. Look, it was incentive for sure, and the Hawks have paid a premium for not just experience, but obviously, look that playmaking that you're referring to as well. He will definitely help the team. There's no doubt about. I think that. he'll also improve Trey Young as well. Yeah, that's what I feel that's, like. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a, gonna. The I think the Suns did very similar with with the likes of getting Chris Paul in and working with Devin Booker. I think Trey Young can learn so much from Rondo too. He can step Trey Young to being an offensively brilliant, but also have that mindset to be such a great, great ball pass, passer, be more creativity. And I think it'll improve Trey Young to have such an influence around him because it's always been like Trey Young's had that responsibility to carry that franchise this entire couple of years. He's had to be that main guy for them. Now he has that veteran experience to actually go, look, man, I will teach you how to play this game in kind of, you know, not teaching, but kind of just as a mentor to him yeah. to what he can actually become because everyone knows Trey Young is a killer. It's just about stepping it up now, being more better defensively. And I think this will massively help him out. And I think this will, will rock it. I, I see a, a big future for him next year. Yeah, I think one of the things they're looking for Ronda to do is just kind of step somewhat into that Vince Carter role where mm. it's just players and Young, obviously in particular, to just pick his brain in all sorts of different scenarios of the game. Uh, I think they really value that element of what Rondo will bring, especially for someone like Young, who, look, he's, he's one of the best. I expect he'll be in the top five for assists again this year, if not closer to the top, now that he's surrounded by uh, better shot makers and creators, I think, as well at the same time. So I, I do expect a, a, a level up on his assist numbers because players just will be able to hit shots and... He's such, again, I think that's something that's lost is that Young's greatest strength is not his shooting, but his ability to pass the ball and to see it and to make it. That is his greatest strength. It, obviously, look, he would have got lost in the hype in college, those 40-point games, those deep threes. And it's the same in the NBA. He hits those, hits those long ones, but his passing is, is his best element of his game. Shame about his sneakers, though. They're absolutely disgusting. <laughs> They're absolutely disgusting. I, I honestly, I thought, oh, come on. I, they're called ice trays. You'd think to yourself, they're absolutely mint sneakers. But nope, they're disgusting looking. Sorry, ice tray. So with, with so much movement, obviously, we've gone through most of the moves there. The Hawks have got a really, really deep, deep rotation now. Who do you expect being the starting five this season and the sort of the, the bench bench crew that's going to come in and, and mop up those minutes? What do you see happening there? 
<laughs> we were asked at Peachtree Hoops to do uh, for the, uh, about the same question, and it's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in some spots, it'll be easy enough. Like, obviously, you'll have Trey Young starting. Uh, Clint Capella will be your starter, I assuming John Collins then, based on comments made by Travis Schlenk, uh, who is where the league is not the coach, but, you know, you'd imagine he's somewhat in the loop. <laughs> you'd hope uh, so. <laughs> uh, John Collins will start. And obviously Bogdan Bogdanovich is going to start at probably that two spot as well. So it's really that those four seem fairly safe, you'd imagine. It's that small forward kind of spot. And look, maybe yeah, that has shooting guard, you can interchange the two as well. So I think it probably comes down to either Cam Reddish or DeAndre Hunter. Uh, obviously a lot more prom I think people see a lot more promise in Reddish even last season. But they were really consistent sticking Hunter in that starting three, even though, you know, at their by the time the season was coming to an end, Reddish was the better player. Uh, they like Hunter a lot. As I, look, he's just, look, a lot was made of that trade to move up. It was they gave up a lot to do so. Um, placing, I think, unfair expectations of Hunter. I think from the fans, I think, unfair expectations of Hunter Ash, you know, as a number four pick, you know what your expectation of number four pick, I don't think Hunter maybe can deliver on, but he's a steady presence at that small forwards role. And it wouldn't surprise me if they went with him again, even if Cam Reddish is a better player. And look, it, it would make sense logically as well. If it, you know, we have concerns of defense, maybe Reddish can be part of that second unit that can shore it up. Maybe they'll put him in as, you know, a presence to try and, you know, again, lock it down with Capella in the starting lineup. They could go either way, but I would probably, possibly lean towards DeAndre Hunter, at least to start the season, I think will be given the nod there. So you, you think about that that sort of bench, obviously we've not even named like Kevin Huerta yet. Um, Huerta? I said that very Spanish, <laughs> I don't know how you pronounce it. Um, Chris Dunn, obviously you've got to expect his Quieto, quieto. It's pronounced quieto. <laughs> Just saying. Thanks, Vinny. <laughs> um, obviously you, we've talked about Gallinari, Chris Dunn, Rajan Rondo, all these guys have got, got a lot going to have to get some minutes you would think it's, it's looking like a strong rotation what does that do for your expectations covering this team do you think they're looking likely to fit into the playoff race their depth is now suddenly one of their better aspects compared to last season um we, again like you said Gallinari I'm a big Kevin Herter fan like big big fan of his game uh Cameron obviously and haven't even talked about number six pick uh do I even want to begin to even butcher his name oh, is it Onyeka Okongwu? Is yes. that who you picked? That's Onyeka Okongwu. Correct. Solid I just want to throw that out there. I just want to throw that Thanks, out there. Thanks, <laughs> You know how it is. You know me and my pronunciations of teams. Uh, they're absolutely amazing. I can't even think of another word. I was trying to think of something else, but amazing. What is it? Jalen Rose. <laughs> go on. Sorry, go, Brian. Go. Spawn. Um, so, yeah, like, and obviously some of the players you mentioned, Dunn, and then we're talking about Rondo as well. So, all of a sudden, their depth is one of their stronger aspects. And there is, a, look, you, you make, you splash all that cash in free agency. It's year three for Trey Young. It's year four for John Collins. The playoffs are absolutely the goal. They have to be the goal. And, yeah, you'd imagine looking at the playoffs, there's a chance they could sneak in, well, at least a 7-8 range. I don't know how I feel about going higher than that. Looking at the established order at the moment, how many teams are really dropping out compared to, you know, what teams were there last season? You could argue perhaps the Pacers be the one out of that top six to maybe slide out. Um, 
Lord only knows what other teams beneath what do, you, do we even have any idea what the Hornets could be this season mm. um, just a just a bunch of yeah but the Hawks I think are one of the teams people are a bit more sure about leaping into playoff conversation whether that goes above the seven seed uh <laughs> Look, if the fandom can be out of control sometimes, people have been talking about the fans were talking about conference finals appearance. Mm, eh, let's settle not go there. Yeah. yeah, let's 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 settle down a bit. Get into that into that run first. But if they could get the six seed or higher, I would be I would consider that a successful season. But um, if they were to not make the playoffs, that would be considered a failure for the season for the Hawks. They absolutely have to get in this season. Yeah, I think you're right. There's 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 a top six that are they're pretty much set. You'd probably replace uh, the Pacers with the Nets as part of that six. Uh, it'd be very surprising mm-hmm. if any of them didn't fit in. But then there is there's there's a, there's a number of teams vying for it. On and off the podcast, I've been saying that my Chicago Bulls are making the playoffs this year, and ever since I've said that, everything has gone completely wrong. The Hornets have got Hayward and Lamelo Ball. The Wizards have got Russell Westbrook there. You've got to think that they're going to be better now. And Atlanta have bought, have basically won free agency in terms of the signings they've made, maybe along with the Lakers, really improved their roster. So it's not looking good for the Bulls, but it is looking good for the Hawks. So, but I'm still sticking with it. Still sticking with it. The Bulls are getting in there. So there we go. Vinny is laughing away. He's, he's laughing away. I am keeping quiet. Look, I don't need the hate right now. Jimmy's <laughs> sending me for me. Look, Jimmy, I've kept quiet. A uh, shout out to our boy Jimmy from Chicago Bulls UK. Look, Jimmy, I'm keeping quiet. I'm not saying anything. Jared has thrown a tantrum long enough, people. He keeps saying to me, Vinny, you got to hear me all the time. I'm keeping quiet somewhere. I appreciate that. I appreciate that, Vinny. But yeah, but obviously the Hawks, uh, a lot of expectations. I, I certainly think that they've got to be aiming for at least at least the 7-8 seed. Um, even a playoff tournament exit would probably be a disappointment, especially yeah. with such with such a top player like Trey Young to build around. Um, speaking of Trey Young, do you think he's a potential name to be in an MVP race or something like that? MVP might be a stretch far. Um, look, there's no arguing statistically, you know, he could do it. I mean, there, I don't think anyone could doubt that. But always with these awards, team success, uh, you know, team success and narrative as well. Let's, let's be honest with narrative as well. Plays a huge role in those kind of uh, in those kinds of awards. So while MVP, I wouldn't see as much of a possibility. Uh, all NBA, I think, would be up for discussion. Uh, especially if the Hawks do get into the playoffs again, he's going to have the numbers, you know, he's going to be close to a 30 and 10, uh, maybe with more help. It doesn't have to be that high. It could be mm. a 27 and, and nine and such and um, um, better efficiency. But the, the team success is the huge, is the huge thing for young. That's holding him back at the moment in these kind of awards. Now, he, he got to make the, uh, the all-star game last year on sheer numbers. Uh, not, but you know, he would have been, if he hadn't been voted as a starter, they could have been a bit more of a risky make because someone like, you know, like Kyle Lowry, for example, as an established all-star yeah. team is doing well. You know, those type of players do edge out over those young guns trying to get in. And I think now he's got the first all-star appearance, which I think it can be the toughest one, especially for a young player. Shouldn't be a problem. He should be able to get in. No bother now, I'd say. Injury providing for, you know, next, you know, eight kind of 10 seasons. Um, but I think... All NBA is what Young should be. I think he's in more realistic as an expectation rather than MVP this season. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I think that's, you could certainly see that he's like, as you say, he's a phenomenal passer. Uh, got the got the scoring ability as well. Um, just before we say goodbye, Graham, um, 
give us a player to watch on the roster, maybe somebody who isn't getting as much headlines who you think could be uh, somebody to watch over this next upcoming season. I mentioned him earlier. Uh, he may have some hype in the fandom. I'm not sure about the rest of the NBA, how, he's, how they see him, but uh, Cam Reddish has the potential to be a really solid two-way player in this league. Um, defense is absolutely outstanding. Like As a one-on-one defender, Look, people make Paul George comparisons. Mm, again, let's uh, that's a top kind of that's a top ten NBA player uh, on his uh, on his day as a two way player. Uh, let's let's ease up on that, likely, <laughs> shall we? But the defense, you know, is really strong. If he can, he showed potential of piecing together an offensive game and a three point shot. If he can do that he can creep closer in the future to all-star consideration. These type of players are very, very much valued. Uh, I think Reddish can be someone to get into that conversation. This season will obviously be a big, obviously look, it's a year two. People are very, very excited, Uh, but I think he's got strong potential based on the growth he showed last season because it was awful to start offensively, just really, really tough. But someone who really did kind of find his way, was continuing to find his way as the season was going. And unfortunately, that progress was got halted as the season was suspended. But I think he is someone that I think more people should be paying attention to if they aren't already. Yeah, I, I like the pick. And he's, he's he's at the perfect position, really, to showcase his defensive abilities. The The wing talent is is so strong in, in the Eastern Conference and obviously in the West as well. You think about some of the guys that he'd customarily be guarding, players like Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant, who am I missing? I'm missing plenty of people. You know, there's 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 a there's a there's a dearth a dearth a depth. I don't know what I'm trying to say. There's a, there's a wealth of talent at the wing position. So for him to showcase his defensive talents would would certainly be be something good for the Hawks. Obviously moving forward. So that's a good pick. Graham, it's been it's been a great chat. Um, we we can we can tell your experience. We can tell the years of grind that you've been putting in covering this team. And um, we really appreciate you you making the time to jump on on the pod with us uh, today. Um, before you dash, uh, tell the listeners where they can find everything that you do: podcasts, written work, websites. Tell the people. Uh, well, firstly, thank you so much. Like it's it's been a blast. I've really enjoyed chatting, chopping with you guys. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Graham underscore Chapel. That's C H A P P L E, not Chappelle. Thanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> common, common mispronunciation. That's okay. I can understand. It won't hurt my feelings. I swear. Um, <laughs> so you can find me on Twitter there. Uh, various basketball and uh, other sports, mostly Formula One opinions there flying around. Uh, you can find my written work at PeachtreeHoops.com. Uh, that's for SB Nation season kicking up very soon so yeah I think there is a lot of a fair amount of optimism uh, heading into that and that is basically it brilliant I'll touch stuff once again mate thank you so much for, for making the time for this eve- for us this evening um, not that it's evening when other people are listening to it but you know what I mean um, and yeah we're, it could be could be um, and yeah we'll we'll be sure to catch up with you again maybe during the season see how, see how these hawks are getting on so thanks again mate absolutely love to do so Thank you so much. Oh, top stuff. Top stuff there. Um, good from, okay. Yeah, it was good that. It was good that. I can't, <laughs> yeah, that's that's Theo's line. Um, yeah, Graham there from uh, Peachtree Hoops uh, at Graham Chapel, not spelt like Chapel Church, C-H-A-P-P-L-E. Go and check him out. Check out all his uh, written work and stuff as well. Um, and before that, we had uh, Joe from UK Timberwolves, was it Theo? Or Timberwolves UK? Timberwolves UK. 
Timberwolves UK. Very important to get this right. Although if you didn't, you'd still find it anyway. So yeah, go and give those guys, check them out. And as always, thank you for listening to us. Download, subscribe, share, tell your mum, your dad, your gran, etc. as Vinny always says. And it's been the brains of the podcast. Thanks, Theo. It's been Jared hosting this week. It's the muscle, Theo. They better double me. And the Chicago Bulls will never make the playoffs. Vincent, there you go. I said it again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Chicago Bulls fans. Come at me. I'm ready. You've done so well, Vinny. Now Jimmy is going to come for you. There you go. (laughs) Shout out to the boys. Shout out to the boys.